Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. A story in the New York Times came out today or or yesterday perhaps uh, about how there are 42 there's a list of 42 MILB teams that are potentially going to be contracted going to be effectively erased and it is a matter of I suppose finances of streamlining minor league baseball of 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 getting into order you know there's there's a bunch of different everybody thinks that it's sort of uniform but it isn't like major league baseball teams some teams have four or five minor league affiliates other teams have seven or eight minor league affiliates i think the arizona diamondbacks have five of them of which one is now the missoula paddleheads but the entire pioneer league would be gone if this takes place evidently the mlb owners voted in favor of this 30 to 0 to, to do this. Now, when I say be gone, I guess I, what I'm understanding this to be is no longer affiliated with Major League Baseball. You could still presumably, I guess, have a Pioneer League team and field baseball teams and play a baseball season. And there are independent leagues. We know about sure, independent sure. baseball, of course. But first of all, all these kids come through either draft or free agency of Major League Baseball. I mean, that's how they arrive here. And it is a significant uh, a piece of what Pioneer League Baseball is, of what Minor League Baseball is around the state of Montana, that these are kids who are working on a track towards going to the show, towards being in the Major League ba- in Major League Baseball, and it's a big deal that that you know the White Sox have an affiliate in the state of Montana, that the Diamondbacks have an affiliate in the state of Montana, and so uh, 
this to me is is this isn't a huge story because the markets that are affected are quote unquote small markets and it's just these little kind of outposts, which is presumably why they were on the list at all. But this, after all of the things that have gone in, I don't know what this means. I don't know where this leaves, and we'll certainly find out more about this as we go. But this is a a, a big big deal. By the way, presumably not taking effect this forthcoming year. I think there's certainty that there will be baseball in 2020, the summer of 2020, in the Pioneer League. But beyond that, uh, it seems a little bit tenuous at this point. MILB President and Chief Executive Pat O'Connor, who's been on this show Friend of the show. Yep. He told Dan Barry of the New York Times, it's my job to save baseball in those 42 communities. The biggest argument here is basically the consistency of the conditions of the facilities. And I think that we saw this full force with the Missoula Osprey last year with you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, there's there's probably a lot of, of teams across the country that use their minor league baseball stadium, especially if they're short-season minor league baseball like the Osprey. I mean, they're only playing from mid-June to the first week of September. That's it. And the facility still exists, so I'm sure a lot of communities use that facility for other things. I'm sure a lot of communities are similar to Missoula, where the stadium does have some taxpayer backing, or at least at one time did. and uh, But I'm not sure if there's ever been a catastrophe like the Mumford & Sons concert last year that basically ruined the outfield of the Osprey Stadium. and For an entire home stand. And it it, it cost them multiple, multiple home games. But more than that, I think even just the basics like weather... But we see rainouts in the Pioneer League often because it rains. I mean, I don't know. You see that everywhere, don't you? After, I mean, that's baseball. If you eliminate these 42 teams, you could just have baseball in controlled environments and or in hot weather environments. And at the end of the day, like there's a big nostalgic feel towards minor league baseball. And it is cool that there's professional baseball players in cities like Missoula, Montana, and Billings, Montana. That's cool. But is it actually the best thing for the development of pro baseball players I'm not sure, and I don't want to lobby for minor league baseball to leave Montana because I do think it's awesome. It's one of my favorite forms of entertainment in the summer. But the reality of the situation is you could just develop guys in the Dominican Republic and Arizona, especially for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Why would you ever even want guys to leave the state of Arizona? You could just have them in Arizona and develop them to full force. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be a very interesting to see how this thing goes because I think you're losing on a publicity scale, on an exposure scale. I think you're losing a lot if you were to do this and take these 42 teams away. But from a financial scale, which at the end of the day, that's really all that matters, and from a developmental scale, which is all minor league baseball is for, there is arguments for why this is being proposed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting deal because if, from the view of the teams, which, of course, the owners are the ones voting on this, you know, obviously they were all in favor of this move, uh, you know, for, for whatever reasons they have. If you talk about the teams in general, though, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of... People, economic drivers and experiences that, you know, would be just eliminated that 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 seem like they would have positive ramifications to not be gone, to not lose. But how do those impact the actual Major League Baseball franchises? Well, that's and here's the other thing. The, it, the economic engine that it benefits Missoula does not benefit the Arizona Diamondbacks. MILB, why Peter Crampton's is is, you know, going to go fight against this thing. It's not Major League Baseball. Minor League Baseball is its own entity, its own board of directors. It's 100% autonomous. It has a relationship with Major League Baseball and an affiliation there. So I don't even know. 
obviously Major League Baseball, whatever money and finances they kick back down the line, which I have no idea what that is, you know, they can just go, well, no, we're not doing that anymore. But also, I mean, there is certainly uh, decision-making power and and control over what may, minor league baseball looks like that is not in the hands of the MLB, of the owners, of Rob Manfred. One thing that was mentioned in this article says if these teams are eliminated, a quote-unquote dream league of undrafted players could be formed. Yeah. Say this happens, and MILB and MLB's ex, ex, the the agreement expires, and these forty two teams are no longer part of MILB or MLB. I think there's still a real chance for minor league baseball to exist. Actually, probably a in certain ways better chance for it to exist long term in small communities like this. It would just take owners that have a lot more money. Well. The, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you'd have to operate it independently. So the, the the owner the the franchise would probably need about five times what it has now to, to sustain. I don't really know what that would do to the Osprey in, or I guess the Paddleheads now in its current form. But I I think that minor league baseball could still exist in places like this. You just have to have a lot more of a cushion to be able to make sure it happens rather than have, being affiliated with MLB and MILB. This uh, this article that came out in the. Uh, uh New York Times was was honestly three paragraphs or less in length. It was almost more of a notification of this thing, you know, was out here than you know. It was certainly not a, a you know a, a reporting story or piece of journalism finding out what's going on. So there's plenty more to come out about this uh, certainly in the coming weeks and months, and uh, and 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 we will see how this plays out, and obviously uh, keep you informed and apprised of it because it affects. Well, Great Falls, Billings, and Missoula, for sure. So uh, it is Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, spend some time going through what happened in the high school ranks in football over this past weekend, and we will be happy to have Brian Reed. If anybody ever wondered anything that's ever happened in Class A football, he's the guy to talk to. We're going to talk to him. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hey, boys and girls, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. The showdown is set for the 119th edition of one of the fiercest rivalries in college football at both Montana and Montana State are in the top eight of the national polls heading into the rivalry game, which is ripe with playoff implications. The Grizz moved up two spots to number three after dismantling the former number three team in the country, Weaver State, 35-16. That, combined with Northern Iowa's 38-7 loss at number eight, South Dakota State, 
and Montana State's win at UC Davis means the Grizz are number three, the Cats are number eight, headed into this week's rivalry showdown. The Grizz victory moved UM to 6-1 and one in league play, 9-2 and two overall. In Montana, Weber State and Sacramento State are now in a three-way tie atop the league standings with one game to play. Montana will certainly earn a playoff berth for the first time since 2015 now with their win last weekend. Montana State now 5-2 and two in league play, 8-3 and three overall. The Bobcats likely already into the FCS playoff field, but a fourth straight win over Montana in the battle for the Great Divide Trophy will certainly punch the Bobcats tickets and maybe even earn the Cats a Prep football teams will also play for state championships this weekend. Butte will host Bozeman after they took down Billings West 35-6 last weekend. The Hawks getting by Sentinel 28-21. The Class AA state championship is Friday night in Butte. Miles City will host Laurel in Class A. Manhattan upset Class B favorite number two Fairfield. They will play Eureka and Fairview host Clark Fork for the eight-man title. One thing we try and do around here is find people who are experts. We have found one such person today. It is Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon, the Monday of a huge week, heading into Cat Grizz weekend and also heading into state championships around uh, around Montana, including at the Class A level, which we will focus on now. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, December 7th, Saturday, December 7th, the 7th annual Snow Day. Kurtz Polaris, one day only, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Circle it on your calendar. Get a free lunch for crying out loud. Go to Chris Polaris on Saturday the 7th. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line. It's time for our Farmer's State Bank Prep Extra segment. We welcome in Brian Reed. He is, uh, well, an expert in Class A football. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing today? I'm having a great day. Uh, it was a pretty busy weekend, so getting to my normal job today was actually kind of a uh, relaxing thing to do. Uh, beautiful day. I hope the weather stays nice through the week so that this uh, weekend's uh, big sporting sporting events across the state aren't uh, aren't sullied by any inclement weathers. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, well, there's one way to make your job better, and that is to make your private life really hard so that when you go back to work, it's just that much easier. And you have been keeping up on specifically Class A football for an unbelievably long time. We want to get into this weekend. You wrote, you uh, tweeted out a bunch of stuff on Carson Ross and mm-hmm. the unbelievable career he's had. But how did Class A football become the thing where you said, you know what, this is what I am dialing into? Well, um, many years ago, <laughs> it, uh, well, about 20 years ago, um, I started working for the Gazette as a as a sport uh, Billings Gazette as a sports clerk, just taking in scores and all that uh, while I was in college, and found I really enjoyed doing that. Um, from there, uh, I ended up doing uh, being the prep sports coordinator at uh, the Winona Daily News in Winona, Minnesota. And a few months after that, the, uh, the hometown newspaper from where I went to high school, uh, Miles City, they uh, needed a sports editor. I was like, man, what the heck, and applied for it, got the job. And when I was there, having gone to school in Miles City, I realized 
you know, Cowboy Athletic, Cowboy Cowgirl Athletics there are huge, but they really didn't have much in the way of record books. So that when people were on the radio or covering sports for the for the newspaper, um, they really didn't have a lot of information there to go along with uh, the game stories and whatnot. And I'm someone who likes to know context and you know, what makes things important, you know, data, information, factoids, tidbits, whatever you want to call them. So I put together the, the Cowboy record book for football, amongst other things. Even after I left the star, I kept up with that and realized that, you know, this record book doesn't really mean much without context. So I started doing all of Eastern A's uh, football stuff. And then, well, that doesn't mean much without context. So over the years, it evolved into being all of Class A football. Um, I have interest in other uh, other classifications. Um, I've had people ask me if I do Class B stuff. I would love to. It's just that, you know, there there's 20 Class A teams, and I try to give each one of them their uh, due diligence. And if I could clone myself, I certainly would, but uh, I try to provide the most information that I can for class A and so far um, getting a lot of positive feedback for it. So I'm kind of, kind of proud of it. Well, we love it. Cause I, I stumbled upon this uh, Twitter account. You're, you're, uh, Brian Reed joining us on the Rangers brothers RV hotline at red mule sports is the Twitter handle. I, I think it was just a, a, a retweet that I had seen. And then I started following. It. I was like, man, this guy's got all the stats and he, you put some stats, not only just statistics, but put them into perspective. The Southwestern A was great this year, and that's... You found a kindred soul, is what Coulter's (laughs) saying to you about that. No doubt, but, uh, you know, Southwestern A was great this year with Dylan Hamilton um, and Frenchtown all advancing the playoffs, winning playoff games. And then the other day, right after Miles City had defeated Hamilton, effectively ending the high school football career of Carson Rostad, you had a great series of five tweets, sort of putting Carson Rostad's career into perspective. And we know Carson Ross said he's the reigning Gatorade player of the year. I think he's the winningest quarterback in Class A history uh, after his career is all said and done. And he's headed to the Montana Grizzlies next year. And I know a lot of people around western Montana, around the state of Montana, are very excited about this kid. But put his career into perspective for us because this young man, he did some outstanding things that will honestly uh, have ramifications and will be remembered around Class A for a really long time. Absolutely. Um, now, I've been following Carson for all four years. It's not all that often that you get a four-year starter. Um, he didn't start his freshman year. The first three games, uh, Bridger Botter, uh, Botter, who did everything for Hamilton, they actually moved him from receiver to quarterback. But after a few games, in comes this unknown to me kid named Carson Rostad and kind of set the league on fire with his first game and never looked back from there. So I try to track the stats of every class A player. uh, And I can't say everyone because that everyone, every name that is out there that does anything in a game, I try to track them all. I wish I could say I had all of them, but, um, he was one that I definitely had. And after a, a fantastic freshman season, having as many people as they had come back for his sophomore season, including uh, Bowder for, uh, to leave that receiving core, um, I was kind of, he was one of the, the players that I knew to look out for as a sophomore. Had an outstanding sophomore season. And then that culminated in a, a runner up 
um, finish to Columbia Falls in the state championship game. Well, then he's only a sophomore, and then he go into his in his junior year, does the same thing, just but gets better at different facets to his game, like is the the leap that he had from his sophomore year to when he was primarily a passer to his evolution as a runner and as a junior, which you really saw this year, um, was just something that. You know, by the end of his midway through his junior season, I started tracking where he might land in terms of records for you name the record, every list on there. He would be, you know, projected to break all of them or come really close. So, long story short, by the end of his career, the only record that he doesn't, uh, only major record that he doesn't have is career passing yards, which is still held by Havers Dane Warp. Um, he was also a, a four-year starter from his first game uh, with Haver in 2012. Um, he still holds the record for yards, but if you're looking at attempts, completions, touchdowns, total total offense yards, including the rushing, total touchdowns, those are all Carson's. And it's just it's phenomenal to see someone be that consistent with the different uh, supporting casts that he's had through the years, the changeover in receivers, having a different running back each year, and just that offense being as you know versatile and productive as it's been. And he's also a full-time defensive starter, too. So just one of those truly rare players in, in Class A football that I think you know he'd be, he'd be a star at the double-A level. And he's obviously taking his game to Missoula next year, and I, I think they're, they're getting a great one. Brian Reed joining us at Red Mule Sports on Twitter. If you are interested in high school sports and specifically Class A, uh, Brian Reed is who you got to listen to at Red Mule Sports on Twitter to uh, go follow him there. Let's talk about this very postseason. Been a very interesting one. Uh, the east side of the state kind of imposed uh, the, who they are as they will have uh, the number one team in the East Mile City who has been outstanding, of course, all year long, taking on Laurel and what people thought maybe a little bit of an upset going on the road and beating Dylan 21-12 last week, but these two teams, what have you seen out of them, and what do you expect to happen uh, this Saturday in Miles City? Well, with Laurel, you have absolutely the best defense in the state at the Class A level with Laurel. They, you know, they don't give up a lot of points. They give up very few yards. They're extremely balanced in both their pass and off, uh, rushing defense and there are no slouches on the offensive side of the ball either if not for what Miles City did this year Laurel would be the talk of the east and that game that they had in the third week of the season was the uh, closest game that either of the two teams have had this year Miles City ran out to a big lead and that is 21 nothing and then Laurel came back and had a chance to win it on the final play of the game it was eerily similar just reversed for what ended up happening in the semifinal against uh, Dylan for Laurel, where except it was Laurel to get out to the big lead, and then Dylan came back a bit and, and you know was threatening at the end there. Um, but since then, both Miles City and Laurel have have vastly improved uh, from that third game. Both were good at the point that they met, but they have become two great teams over the balance of the season. And you're seeing that in the postseason where they're playing Western teams and 
I was as surprised as anyone to see how lopsided those uh, game results were because Libby had an outstanding team. Laurel destroyed them. Uh, Dylan had another outstanding team, and Laurel handled them as well. You see on, on Miles City's bracket, um, they were the number one seed and undefeated, but they had a very tough road to get to the championship game where you have Frenchtown, which was as good as any team in the state, uh, beating, uh, beating them 40-3. to That shocked me to no end. <laughs> and then this game against Hamilton, which I was thinking if, you know, you've got a team that's going for its third straight trip to the, or looking for its third straight trip to the championship game. Mouth City handled them. And, you know, Ham- and it's not that Hamilton uh, it wasn't really a, a matter of them not playing well. They they did have some turnovers, but they played tough. It's just that Mile City, you know, played that much tougher. There wasn't a letdown uh, from them. And so you've got two outstanding teams in the championship, and um, it could go either way. I mean, I know a few people might be sleeping on Laurel because they've been kind of under the radar this year. That would be a mistake. Their defense is so good, and their offense is very balanced. They can beat you with the pass, and they can beat you on the ground. They can do a little combination of both, but um, they will—they'll be Miles City's toughest, uh, toughest game this year. And I've said that for the last three weeks. But um, each week it gets a little tougher, and uh, Miles City's in for a real battle. Um, they're not going to—they're not going to get an undefeated state championship easily um, or at all uh, if Laurel plays the way that they're capable of. Well, Brian, we certainly appreciate you coming on and, and joining us. Appreciate all the work that you do because it is tedious, though enjoyable, I know, for you. And uh, <laughs> we'll follow along Good way at, to put it. at Red Mule Sports because that's where all the information is being uh, uh, given out to the people, to the universe there. So we appreciate it very much. Enjoy uh, the, the state championship game this weekend. That's what it's all about. So we'll look forward to following you there and, uh, and catching up again, all right? Sounds good. Uh, let me know if there's anything you need, and through the week, I'll be uh, posting random tidbits as they come to me. You got it. I'll be reading them. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you, and you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Appreciate it. There you go. Brian Reed at Red Mule Sports. If you are a Class A person, that's where you go 100%. And uh, it's going to be a great game. I got to give this guy credit. I've never met Brian before in my life. I actually never even spoken to him until today. But so many of the Class A stats that I've been dropping on this show, like Jace Kluswich scoring a touchdown in all but three of his career games so far at Frenchtown. That came from Brian. The... Carson Rossat's career record and you know what he's been able to do in a historical context as far as wins and losses. All the Dylan stuff. It's all come from Brian. So great job by him because 
it's 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 this stuff this stuff truly doesn't exist unless someone does it and he's the only person doing this right now. Here's the thing, man. Some people can look at at people who get really into this stuff and go, what, what are you doing? I mean, well, really? This is you're gonna you know you're gonna take time out of your actual life and you're you're working a real job to go ahead and keep up stats from 15 year olds playing in rural Montana football sports whatever it is. But you know how many weird things people do in the world. How many people collect Pokemon? But the thing you is, know? this is not weird. This is the chronicling of history. No, this th- is important. This is what I'm saying. This year, this is the entire point that I'm making. Is that and and look, if you're into Pokemon's. Or you're into collecting little glass menagerie cats? Go ahead. Like no, I'm 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 for you. I think people getting into stuff is like part of what makes humans interesting, right? I don't get most of it, and most people don't get what I'm into. You know, <laughs> hard rock and football. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, the point being is that for for him to go out there and do this. Is it's it's unbelievable, and you're right. It is a chronicling of history because there's a whole lot of kids who did a whole lot of things that nobody's ever going to know about, and yet here he is, you know, documenting this stuff and having the knowledge to do. It's uh, it's really cool and pretty dang interesting, I might add. And it's it's such a microcosm of what's happened in the newspaper industry as as a whole because a lot of the newspapers in towns like Miles City and Haver that are certainly not big towns but big enough to have a newspaper. They're not getting produced daily anymore. They get right. produced weekly, and mm-hmm. you can't have the extensive archiving of stats. And when you think about the history of Class A football, I mean, guys like Mark Mariani and guys like Troy Anderson and guys like Carson Rostad. I mean, how sad would it be if Brian wasn't doing this and someday Carson Rostad starting in a Cat Grizz game and you can't find his high school stats anywhere because right. no one kept track of them? Yeah. If they can't find how many touchdowns Troy Anderson scored in high school when Troy Anderson's playing in the NFL, that would that would be that would be a travesty. It would be. So it's great that he's doing it. Let's uh, talk about the rest of the high school stuff. Absolutely. Real quick. Let's go through it. Let's start with Double A. You were there yep, yep. Uh, this last weekend at half of the semifinals. First of all, Butte just rolling up. Bum rush. Three, 35 nothing in the middle of the third quarter. They ended up winning 35-7. Uh, they beat Billings West, who was the defending state champion, in front of 7,000-plus at Narancy Stadium. Stadium room only. Let's go. And Keith DeMolder uh, from SWX had some videos, and he says stadium room only. He's not lying. I mean, people were, like, jostling at the chain. Yeah, link. yeah. Uh, so, anyway, let me just officially put in my uh, press pass uh, request now uh, to get oh, into that football game. But we don't need press pass. I'll pay 20 bucks each oh, to get into that thing. For sure. G- g- take if my you mo- can, though. That's my, my point. Mo- oh, totally. I'm not trying to get in for free. I'm trying to get in. No you doubt. know, no doubt. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, I, I, last time this game was in in uh, Butte, 2012, Bowman yeah. versus Butte. I had the distinct pleasure of standing right next to Mick Dennehy mm. on the chain link fence, and it was just complete happenstance. We did not go together; we just happened to be sandwiched right here. I was like, "Coach Dennehy, how's it going?" And it was so fun watching it with a Butte native at Naranchi Stadium, and then the way that Butte won. <laughs> Not only would I sit there with Nick Dennehy, Jake Dennehy, who I'm actually not even sure is directly related to Mick Dennehy, makes the game-winning field goal. 
Only in Butte can you be standing oh. next to a guy with the same name as the guy who makes the kick, and they don't and even who, know. Who knows? Related. Who even knows? Uh, well, in any case, uh, it's going to be a great game, and they will be hosting, by the way, back in the Rancho Stadium this Friday, Bozeman. Bozeman, a 28-21 win over uh, Sentinel. Sentinel, a phenomenal year, and Jackson Lee, who, you know, of course, transferred in for his senior year, first time playing 11-man football, had a great season, but give Bozeman credit. They did a really nice job game planning for him, and, and I mean, you can game plan for some guys as much as you want to. you got to go out and execute the game plan, and Bozeman was able to do that and keep Jackson Lee largely in check relative to what he's done throughout the course of the season. But, Coulter, you were at that game at that state semifinal last weekend or on Friday, and uh, and and what did you take away from, uh, from that performance and Bozeman's chances going against the undefeated Butte Bulldogs? I thought it was, first of all, an incredibly well-played game. I thought it was very well-played. There's a couple turnovers, and actually, Bozeman, this is a funny stat. Bozeman was called for holding on first down six times. They only had seven penalties, but they were called for first down six times. So they had first and 20 or first and 21 six different times. But that actually helped them establish their run game and eat up the clock. It was an advantage once they made it an advantage. Because they, it would give them a little bit more room to work, so they started running some counter-concepts in the run game, which then set up their zone concepts. But uh, it, it was kind of just a back-and-forth, feeling each other out, slugfest in the first quarter. And then Bozeman had a really nice drive and punched in a touchdown. And Sentinel had a great response. Dayton Bay, who we had on our show, we interviewed the kid. I mean, he's... He is a very, very slight young man. Such a nice kid, but he's a very slight young man. And when he's out there, you're like, man, this kid's so small. What's going to happen? But he just wings it around, and he gives his receivers such a great opportunity to catch the ball. He's a phenomenal game manager. Gets them in and out of plays, makes the motions that they run happen. And he engineers this great drive, and they tie it 7-7. And then Bozeman's marching back down, and they punch in another one. It's 14-7, but you're okay. And Bose and Sentinel gets the ball back with about a minute and forty nine seconds to go, and I thought they should have just ran out the clock. But hindsight's twenty twenty, whatever. But they take a shot down the field, and Dayton Bay has Preston Jones wide open. He he's beaten Carter Ash down the sideline, and he's got three steps on him. But Dayton Bay is hit as he throws, and the ball flutters. Mm. Well, Carter Ash leads the state in interceptions already, so you give him a fluttering one, he's gonna get it. He also leads the state in punt returns for touchdowns. He's got four punt returns for touchdowns. So this was basically like a punt. He snares it, returns it all the way to about 13 yards from the end zone. Two plays later, bam, it's 21-7. Yeah. Bozeman gets the ball after halftime, too. So now they basically just sandwiched three possessions into the span Huge of swing. two minutes. Right. And right. they just keep pounding. So they go up 28-7. All the credit to Sentinel. They did not fold whatsoever. They execute two different touchdown drives. They get two different fourth down stops. They stay in it. And they had a chance. They they were they they had the ball effectively to finish the game and took a deep shot down the, the sideline. It just the, wasn't there. They had the ball in the red zone. Yeah. Talk about the swings of a high school football game. And Bozeman had a chance to put the thing away. They threw a back shoulder fade on fourth down to Carter Ash. He doesn't get it. But then Sentinel's got the ball and they're marching and they have a fourth down and Carter Ash gets the pass breakup. So Carter Ash was a central figure in this game. That kid, by the way. Somebody's got to recruit him. He might be like a quote-unquote step slow for the Big Sky Conference, but, I mean, he's got fluid hips. He's got unbelievable football IQ. He runs well enough, I think. I think if, if he put on a little weight, he could be a great Big Sky safety. I don't know if he could play corner. But he's got, I mean, 
The numbers don't lie. He's got 10 picks and four partners for touchdowns. Somebody's got to recruit this kid. You know what I would give for somebody one day ever just to tell me that I had fluid hips but needed to gain a little weight? <laughs> it would be the day. It'd be the best day of my life. It'd be the best day of my life, oh, the day that happens, because I want to have both of those things. Uh, but anyway, so then Bozeman finishes out the game, and it was a great win by Bozeman. I think that um, Bozeman has some great talent. For, those, for people that are listening Around the state, obviously, but on our Missoula Airways that are Grizz people, I got to watch Asher Croy, who's coming to the Grizz, and Jackson Lee. I'm very interested to see what Jackson Lee plays because I do think that he's got the length and the height to, to play a lot of different positions. To me, his body type looks like a defensive back, but he's been such a tremendous running back, and he also, I think, could play slot at the D1 level. So where Montana slates him remains to be seen, but he... he you know, he's got the skills to play a lot of spots. Asher Croy is a great downhill runner. Bobby Hawks going to love this guy. He's very much in the mold of Nick Osmo. He's mm-hmm. not quite as big, but, I mean, he had 25-plus carries in that game. He did not fall backwards once. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of guy that will get you 3, 3, 3, 13. Yeah. 3, 3, 3, 20. They're both seniors. They're both going to be coming to the University of Montana next year. So those are both two really good in-state guys. Uh, in Class B, it was all number one seeds in the semifinal. Ergo, it's all number one seeds in the final, but I don't know if it's the seeds or the teams that we thought. Manhattan Christian. No, go, Man, just Manhattan or, straight up. So Manhattan, they, excuse me. So goes, Manhattan and, Christian kids can now go to Manhattan. So they have a little football co-op, even though they're in separate So Manhattan and Manhattan Christian. Totally. Uh, together. Go in, beat Fairfield, the number one team in the North, and I think by just about everybody's account, the number one team in Class B throughout this entire season, undefeated Fairfield. They lose 25-19. What a win for Manhattan and Manhattan Christian, Manhattan Co-op there. They are going to host now the Class B championship game because Eureka, Lincoln County, a four-point win over Red Lodge. Talk about a game, 39-35 the final. Both these games, one-score games in the Class B semifinal, but uh, the championship is set. Manhattan hosting Eureka, Lincoln County, uh, on Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff. I think people, for sure thought that one of those two teams, Eureka, was going to be in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Fairfield's been rolling, rolling, people. rolling. That is a great upset by Amazing. Manhattan. And I think also, I think it makes a couple teams that we've covered a little bit more closely feel a little bit better about themselves because Manhattan beat Loyola twice. Mm-hmm. They beat Florence. I mean, and they were not in the preseason top 10. So people were kind of wondering but as soon as they went on that little run, when they when they whipped Loyola and beat them 26-7 in the regular season, I was like, well, man, Manhattan has to be good because I know Loyola's good. No doubt. And so, But the Tigers done a really good job. It's been an interesting program because Dale McQuarrie was there for a long time, and Manhattan had a little bit of a pipeline. They had John Widenauer, who went to start for four years at Montana State at left tackle. Quinn McQuarrie, who was a Bobcat quarterback, turned Montana Tech quarterback, who was an NAI All-American, lit up the Frontier Conference. Mm. But Dale McQuarrie, Quinn's dad, he was the longtime coach. He had a great program going there. And then he got a little bit sideways with some of the parent groups, and there was a bunch of arguments about the fundraising dollars, and it was a weird thing. And he basically got forced out. And we're seeing this more and more across the state, regardless of whose fault it is. I think it's really unfortunate that we can't just have some just amicable relationships for the kids. 
Dale McQuarrie doesn't have to be coaching in Manhattan, Montana. He's a phenomenal football coach. He could coach a lot of places. Asher Croy's dad, Guy Croy, was at Huntley Project for years. Yeah. Gets forced out of Huntley. Now he's on the Bozeman staff, and, and they're playing for state championships, so good for them. But we've seen it. You know, Zayn and Pitts up in our Lee, and it's happening more and more often. And I think that, like you say, it, 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 not everybody has to get along. And I think if there's stuff that people don't agree with going on, it's good to be passionate about things. But forcing out men that are dedicating their lives and are high-level coaches in small communities. Just be careful what you do and be careful what you ask for. But regardless, since Coach McQuarrie moved on, Manhattan had a little bit of a lull. I think that, you know, justifiably so, you could see why, because he was such a great coach. Well, now they're back. Yeah, they and, I mean, Manhattan, Montana, man, it's, it's a, it is a sneaky little community. I umpired baseball down there a lot. I spent the night in my van in Manhattan, uh, Montana, once upon a day. The Manhattan School District, I mean, they, they generally have some of, if not the best, test scores in the entire state every year. It felt very smart to me while I was there. But they also have the rural element of it, too. A lot, sure. of, a lot of ranch and farm kids. So you have mm-hmm. smart kids who are also ranch and farm tough. And that's why they're always such a great athletic program. They do a great job at that high school with everything that they do. And it's good for a community like that. I'll never forget the Class B state basketball championship when the tournament was at Brick Breed and Fieldhouse when Quinn McQuarrie was a senior in high school. It's it's the cliche joke, but you could have straight up robbed any store in Manhattan, Montana. The whole <laughs> town was there. It right. was epic. And right. so it'll be interesting to see how this one goes because they don't have to go anywhere. They just have to right. go right to the high they're, school. They're, so, they're at home. Uh, good job by Manhattan to get there because Fairfield was a juggernaut. So that's a, a tremendous result uh, by Man- the Manhattan Tigers. Uh, I called a Loyola Manhattan game in Manhattan one night as well. Different night from the night I stayed in my van. I actually drove home from that one. But uh, by the way, that didn't sound good. My car broke down. That's why I was sleeping in the car. Anyhow, I was going to say, if you're on the way to Bozeman, yeah, why'd no, you stop sleeping? No, 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 no. Miles I, was on, I was actually on the way to Missoula from Michigan, and I had almost made it to Missoula, and the, the van the van died. Myself, my wife, our child. Eh, you sleep where you fall asleep. You know, it's the way it goes. Class C, eight man, just quickly. Uh, Fairview, a dominant win over Fort Benton over the weekend, 48-8. to eight. They are hosting Superior Alberton. Who's come out of the clear blue? One of the Superior Alberton co-op, but they, 44-14 winners over Great Falls Central. So your Class C, eight-man championship, Fairview versus Superior Al- uh, uh, Alberton. And in six-man, Westby Granora, not quite enough to get by Weebo, the two-seed out of the east. Weebo is going to uh, be in the championship game, and they are on the road at Jordan, Garfield County. Winners over Big Sandy 55-25. So there you go. Jordan and Weebo for the Class C 8-man championship. Love it. Love everything The more about things it. change, the more they stay the same. You know, Weebo's playing for another one. Of course, of course they are. Of course they are. Uh, it's Tutel Nuanas. This has been our Prep Extra segment is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Hey, how are you going to finance Christmas this year? Forget the high interest credit cards. Apply on uh, apply for a holiday loan from Farmers State Bank. You can get fast approval times, low interest rates, easy payments, OAC, okay? That's a much better way to go for Christmas this year. Use the Farmers State Bank. Quick break, come back, Monday Night Football. And some tickets to Eve 6 next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. 
Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Byfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Before we get into Monday Night Football, we want to make somebody's day. In fact, two people's day. Sweet. Boys and Girls Eve 6 is coming to Missoula, Montana. That's right. That Eve 6, the band, the one and only. Top Hat, Wednesday night, going to be there at the Top Hat. 329-1899. Call right now. 329-1899. Caller number 2 to 329-1899. You got a pair of tickets to go see Eve 6 at the Top Hat in Missoula. It's just that simple. Guess what? We're going to give away another pair of tickets to Eve 6 tomorrow. Okay? Wednesday night, it's always a good night to be out in Missoula, but Wednesday, this Wednesday in particular, go see Eve 6 at the Top Hat. Coulter, tonight, Monday night football, the Chargers and the Chiefs, the 4-6 and six Chargers versus the 6-4 and four Chiefs. Of course, the Chiefs do have their MVP quarterback back. How far do you think Patrick Mahomes can throw the football at 40,000 feet or whatever it is at Aztec Stadium's at? So here's my confusion. Here's why I question the fire marshals in Mexico City. The listed capacity of Azteca Stadium, uh, Estadio Azteca, as it were. Mm, nicely done. 87,523. Huge stadium. I mean, it's, a, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. The record attendance, 119,853. I mean, you are 30,000 people north of your number. That seems... I don't know. This is like Jerry Jones opening up AT&T Stadium or something where he's telling tickets so you can look at the stadium or something. I mean, how do you get 30, like fully 40% over the amount that it's a, that's the capacity into the stadium? That's a remarkable thing. Dangerous, I might add. Isn't that Mexico City in a nutshell? I mean, I've never been. I haven't and, gone and, yet. Mexico City is, is either the largest or second largest city in the world, it's, right? I, yeah. Th- I mean, and, I think it's Tokyo the biggest. Are, are it's like, like 50 million taken in its total. It makes me anxious to even think about that. I can't even, I can't even comprehend that. I met a gal once uh, from eastern Montana from a ranching uh, family. And not just a ranching family, but like, I mean, her whole life in eastern Montana. And uh, she met and married uh, a guy who was a friend of mine. And she, she could not, she, she, could, I shouldn't say she could not. She did. She figured, she figured, found a way to do it, but really struggled to deal with the number of people and the traffic in Ronan. <laughs> now I am wondering, and look at, I, I, but when you go to Mexico city, you better be a lover of people, man. You know, you better be a lover of people. Fourth is what David's telling us. Fourth on the global numbers in terms of population. It's amazing how okay. things like that can ebb and flow. Because Mexico City for sure was number one at one point. But for a long time. But Tokyo has upwards of 40 million people, I think, now. Or at least close to. It's, it's Here's a, the thing, it's though. Tokyo 
you could walk around Tokyo in about 35 minutes, but you got to go straight up in the air. Mexico City, if I, from what I understand, I mean, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of miles across it. I mean, it's just gigantic, this place, Mexico City. I can't wait to go. It is on my list. Mm, man, I don't know. You and I have a mutual friend who rode his bike from Canada, the, the Canadian border of the, with the United States, to Guatemala and rode through Mexico City. And I got to think that is, you are taking your life in your own hands, riding on the highways and byways of a 50 million people or whatever it is through the heart of Mexico City. He said it was one of the scariest he's been just simply from the traffic slash bike situation. Well, you know, you could have gone around it, probably an extra three days riding, but what do you care? You're just doing this with your life for three days in the span of a year. Who really cares? There's been this very distinct dynamic on the world sports scene where football football soccer is the number one sport by far bar none far away across the globe of course and we've seen the way basketball has grown and is probably number two now on the global scale and the presence of the nba in places like china the fact that there's international stars all across the nba i mean what did i read i think i think like 20% of the league is international players. Now, I mean, one out of five guys. I mean, everybody has two, three, four international guys on their roster. Everybody yeah, does. Yeah. Some of the great players in the league are, are international guys. And that's been cool. But all of a sudden, and I wonder if there's going to be a massive tipping point, we're starting to see football, football, American football, mm. outside of America. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal this morning. They estimate that there's between 20 and 22 million Mexican Nationals that say that that say we love the NFL. I am a passionate NFL fan. Mm. Well, you add twenty million here, you get somebody going over in London, and you get you know Western Europe involved. And then how does this thing explode? You never, you never know. But capturing the global scale to an already unbelievably uh, unbelievably lucrative economic engine that is Unpopular. the NFL. Yeah. It, can, it yeah. can be pretty crazy. Uh, Aztec Stadium, by the way, 7,200 feet. I mean, 2,000 feet higher than mile high. So, good luck, even though it's not... Maybe you know, Patrick Mahomes will try to throw it to Arrowhead. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's just going to... How's his foot thing doing? Rip. I haven't I haven't watched the Chiefs in a couple weeks. Who cares? His arm's fine. He completed a it sideways does, does, jump pass. It does affect him, though. Not him. Doesn't affect him. It affects everybody else. It does not affect Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs, five and a half point favorites against the Chargers. Who you got? Man, it's such a it's such a crapshoot considering where the game's at. Who knows who's who's going to react better to the atmosphere? I mean, sometimes like these London games, we see teams just lay an egg. I got the Chiefs though. Still, it's not even close. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Monday evening. It's been wonderful to be with you. We'll be with you all throughout the week with all things Cat Grizz in Bozeman Friday. We'll reel it in till then. Good night. The biggest season in sports is shifting into overdrive, and the Desperado Sports. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. 
The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.